Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo all up for a fire panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most important, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Democratic businessman Rush Darwish conservative attorney and former Reagan administration Justice Department official Joe Morris. And in our second hour, we'll be joined by the former mayor of Indianapolis, Indiana, Greg Ballard, and longtime political commentator Larry Horst uh, from uh, Florida, although he happens to be in uh, Chicago this evening, but again, he normally works out of uh, the great state of Florida. Our phone lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. We do this program just outside Chicago in the studios of WINDAM 560. That is the Salem radio station uh, in the city of Chicago. And again, it's uh, nice to have you with us this evening. We've got lots to talk about. We'll be talking about things, uh, literally, if you pick the top five, ten things you want to talk about, you'll hear them discussed at some point this evening. And I want to begin with uh, Rush Darwish. Uh, Rush is with us and uh, uh, Rush is a, he's a Democrat. He doesn't uh, necessarily cotton to the term progressive, uh, but uh, he is a Democrat. And uh, uh, I want to get your reaction to um, Donald Trump. And you've been on this program many times. You're critical of Donald Trump. But I want to ask this question of you, and Joe Morris will be joining us soon, and our callers were perhaps an answer to this question as well. In your view, what is the practical real-life impact if Donald Trump is indicted, a president of the United States indicted. Well, this may, this is going to really surprise you because, uh, you know, I'm very, very critical of Donald Trump, the history of Donald Trump, and I, and I really do think he's a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they have on now, this indictment about the hush money, uh, I just don't think it's strong. I think it, it does feel like uh, a witch hunt. This does not make him... Again, a good person. It does not make him somebody who should be our president, but I, it, it does feel that he is he is being attacked by the Democrats. It is a, compete, uh, a ploy to distract the public. To some degree, it's going to work, but we are so far out from the election that I don't think this is going to last long. I think this is eventually, even if he gets indicted, uh, I still think there's enough time for uh, the, the the skies to clear and for Donald Trump to run for president. And we should all, as Democrats, be very worried about that. He says that this could help him. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Because of the fact that the indictment to me is soft. It's it's an issue that was brought up in the past about this hush money deal. It was brought up during his presidency when he ran for president in 2016. Yeah. People this old, voted on this before. Th- this is a, It's old news. It's It's not even worth discussing to some degree i think he's going to get past it of course i know the manhattan da will get a kick out of it i know some people like myself might enjoy the fact watching donald trump get indicted possibly in handcuffs but yes ultimately the trump base will rally together and what i see is donald trump becoming stronger than this no doubt about it he said last night in a speech at, at in waco texas he said that the, the weaponization of the justice system is the thing that is frosting him right at the moment. And he said that this is the central issue of our time. Do you agree with that? I don't can, think... Can, can he use that as his, as his uh, re-election motto? I don't think so. I think it is just, it is just enough 
for the Trump supporters to take a close look at the government, the Democrats, and say that this is another witch hunt. And I think if Donald Trump is smart, if I was playing fantasy Donald Trump consultant, yes, it's possible that maybe one day that could happen. It's a crazy world we live in. But somebody needs to advise Donald Trump that this is a short-lived deal to help get you to the next step and not something I would continue to ride all the way until 2024. Don't many Democrats, don't many people in this country, uh, perhaps African-Americans, not exclusively, but largely in the African-American community, don't they agree that in their lives they feel that they have been a victim of a weaponized justice system? And so they may not like Donald Trump personally or politically, but when someone says that they think the Justice Department has been weaponized and used against them, don't many African-Americans believe that? Well, here's what you're hoping for, and that people can be smart, that you really can't compare the two issues. If we're going to talk about a history of African-Americans where the justice system has failed them, that is a fact. And it's something we have to continue to work on. We have to make sure we have transparency to make sure we have the right judges that are treating everyone equally with respect to the law. But let's not forget what Donald Trump is being indicted for. This is a man that, uh, you know, he, he's cheating on his wife. He's at some some golf outing in Las Vegas or Reno and uh, ends up hooking up with a porn star. So I hope that anyone who wants to compare the two will know that you really can't compare them. Does our justice system need work? Absolutely. But you, I would like to think that the smart voter will be able to distinguish the two. But voters also, and not exclusively in the African-American community, they know that prosecutorial misconduct, which is the term Donald Trump uses, is one that they have used. Selective prosecution. It isn't every person that gets prosecuted for something, but maybe a lot of blacks feel that they are, they're, they're in the target of the Justice Department. So the context of prosecutorial misconduct, whereas Donald Trump is is, you know, spouting it as a billionaire who's hooking up with a with a porn star and paying her some hush money, hundred thirty thousand um, dollars, you know the. Uh, the charges are different, but the reality is that uh, some prosecutor thinks that this is a big deal. And, and there's a lot of prosecutors who think that things that African-Americans do are big deals, and they get prosecuted. Let's talk about the history of Donald Trump and the Trump family. I do agree. There might be some people who will sway on Donald Trump's side and say, you know what, this is a, a picture of how our justice system operates but again, I'd like to think most voters, even African-American voters, will know the history of Donald Trump and his family, who are known as horrific slumlords um, in terms of mistreating people and you know, properties that they've owned and where they have not um, updated the facilities. And they are also historically known for not renting to African-American families. This is their history, and I, I hope that people who want to make decisions of whether to vote for Donald Trump or not, especially the African-American community, look at the history. Look at uh, Charlottesville when he said both sides, both people are good. And the, the, no, one of the he, side no, of court, no, 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 he, that's that, that, he, he did say that. No, he, he said did both, not. No, he both did not. sides are good. He said there are good people on both sides. That's what good he said. people. Are, well, you, okay. got, you got one side that's protesting okay. for equality while the other side are coming, and some of them are coming with guns. They're coming with wearing masks and some, that were, were emulating the KKK. And, how are, how and, are they good minute, people? Because some of them who were there were uh, protesting 
uh, the use of the of the of the Confederate flag on state property. So there there were some issues there. Now again, the left and the, and the media has done a wonderful job of making that a huge incident, and it was a big incident to some extent. But to say that Donald Trump, you know, they, repeating that same line, that is a line that easily can be uh, can be misconstrued and certainly misrepresented, which is what I think you're doing today. Well, I, I got to tell okay. you, I I was I was just like you. I, I watched in, in okay. horrificness, and I will tell you that I saw somebody was very racist that day, and it was it was the president of the United States. Okay, on that note, we're going to pause. One eight hundred seven two three eighty twenty nine. Our conservative uh, is uh, on his way, so hopefully he will be in the building, and we'll get him him to response to respond to some of the things that Rush said in the first segment. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. 
For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont continues on Beyond the Beltway, live from Chicago. And again, it's a very stormy and rainy Chicago. And uh, uh, Joe Morris, uh, our Republican guest, was uh, stuck in the city for a while, but he joins us for this segment. He's the the former assistant attorney general of the United States, uh, working under uh, Ed Meese uh, during the Reagan administration. Uh, Joe, I want to go over some of the things that we talked about uh, when uh, you were en route. Uh, My question, my first question was, what is the practical impact if Donald Trump is indicted? What, what does it mean to the country? What does it mean to the average person? Uh, how how devastating is it in your view? Um, I think it begins to turn the United States, if we're not already on the path, uh, it's becoming a, a banana republic and perceived as a banana republic domestically and internationally. I think it's very dangerous uh, that uh, we, we, had, we were on a way toward starting a pattern in which we uh, have a president and we elect the new Congress and the new Congress doesn't like the old president and they impeach him. We've done that. Each party's done that now across the aisle uh, in, in Brazil and Philippines and uh, in various countries around the world. You have a change in government and they start arresting and, and uh, uh, prosecuting the former presidents and, and ministers. And so but if, crime, if, if a crime has been committed according to a definition by a local or a federal prosecutor, are we to ignore that? No, of course not. I mean, the, the, well, what the, do the, we do? Well, the, the maxim, of course, is no one, no one is, is above the law. Um, but, but the law should not be, in, in Dickinson's words, uh, ass. Uh, uh, the, the prosecutorial discretion is appropriate. If the President of the United States does something like um, uh, try to overthrow the government, uh, manufacture a riot uh, in an effort to to prevent the proper uh, counting of votes, prosecute him. If you've got the evidence, uh, uh, prosecute him. If there's, a, if there's a high crime or misdemeanor, uh, prosecute him. Uh, in, in what, what the district attorney in Manhattan is talking about is, is uh, first of all, uh, the business of uh, paying off the prostitute or whatever the allegation is. Uh, I'm having no more ease in understanding the, the porn facts star. Than, than we don't know what Ron DeSantis had with these facts. Yeah, um, I don't want to wallow in the facts. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, would be a misdemeanor. Uh, it's being it's being elevated into a, a, a putative felony because the allegation now is okay that it was it was failure accurately to describe a campaign contribution. So 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 let's see. You have a Democratic politician a few years ago. Who, who, who barely escaped prosecution because he used campaign funds to pay off uh, some amorous uh, mm-hmm. party. And now we're, Senator tra- Edwards. now we're charging uh, Donald Trump with, uh, with a felony because he did not use okay. campaign so funds. So if we were to invite you yeah. back here in a couple of weeks, yeah. when the issue was whatever the uh, prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, decides, and if that person decides to indict... Or if there is a federal, what's the charge in Fulton County, Georgia? Well, the, it, it would be it would be tampering with the uh, elections. The Georgia elections. The, the Georgia elections. Now, would you be 
would you give us the same answer, or is that a little more serious issue? Or we certainly you have brought up the issue of of of, of the, uh, the alleged intersection, the, the January sixth riot. Yeah, I mean, that's that's serious business. First of all, the, the the stuff that District Attorney what's his name Atkins in New York is concerned about. I think the Alvin statute, Bragg. Bragg. The, the statute of limitations have run. So we're, we're, we're teetering on the edge of putting a pre former president of the United States in the dock. More importantly, a current candidate for the president of the United States in the dock on trivial matters on which, in which a statute of limitations has is run. Is it? Let me, now, if, 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 we have, if we have serious charges of, of election tampering in Georgia, then I'm all for it because I think that tampering with elections is serious business. Okay. Let me also ask you, as a member of the court, and I want to get Rush's response as well. Well, he's a businessman, not, a, not an attorney. But again, what Donald Trump also has been doing, he has been urging his supporters to show their support or their their concern or upset if he's prosecuted. Uh, he has uh, used threats that there may be death and destruction if he's indicted. He's called his prosecutors in New York human scum. You, you, could, you can say that. But my question is, is he in the process of intimidating a local prosecutor? And isn't isn't that against the law? No, he's got he's got no. he's got free speech rights. He okay, can, I want to I want to get Russia's response to whether the whether this alleged incitement and I say alleged incitement, uh, how do we view that in the future? Well, I, when you talk about Donald Trump, his entire political career has been built on alleged incitement. Charlottesville, January sixth, uh, with again alleged incitement of thousands of people attacking, uh, you know, the Capitol building, and of course. Now, with him being ready to get indicted, he's once again inciting. This is his only specialty. The only thing we can hope for is that time has gone by where he does not have the power he used to be during what I call the peak of mega in 2016, 2017, 2018. But this is where Donald Trump is a specialist, but it's going to hurt him when it comes to running for president. Joe. That's absolutely right. Uh, Mr. Mr. Trump is a, is, is a master at inciting people to, to, to see things his way and to action. The, the, the problem is, as time goes by, the crowds re responding to him dwindling. I cannot see any way in which the, <clears throat> the, 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 the current crisis creates opportunities for him to agitate in such a way as to expand his support. Do you then believe that the, the delays that we have seen this week by Prosecutor Bragg are they legitimate legal reasons to slow down this process? Or do you think that Alvin Bragg is being um, intimidated? There certainly has been reports that members of his office, his current and even past office, uh, had some concern about this. Even previous prosecutors had some concerns about the evidence in this particular case. Could, could, could after, you know, seven to ten days of this brutal rhetoric by Donald Trump, could it be working? Could it? Could could uh, could Alvin B Bragg blink on this matter? Bruce, you and I don't know the facts. We can only speculate. We don't know what's going on inside Mr. Bragg's head, let alone inside his office. The media, the the, the, the anti-Trump media is as breathless and as irresponsible as the pro-Trump media are. This is not a great moment in the life of our republic uh, in terms of the seriousness with which people are addressing public public affairs. The, uh, but but I look simply at the plain surface of things. The issues in front of the district attorney in New York are trivial in comparison with the overall political situation of the United States. And the evidence that he has has already been passed over by other prosecutors 
at both the felony and the misdemeanor levels who said this wasn't worth prosecuting. They didn't think they had the evidence. And now the district attorney in Manhattan is looking at the same evidence after the misdemeanor and felony statute limitations have passed. If I were that district attorney, I'd be taking a second hard look at this, too. Sure, he hates Trump. He, he wants to make a, a name for himself as, as a prosecutor who finally nailed Trump. But if he's a sober, serious prosecutor, if he believes in the rule of law, he'll look at it twice yeah, well, and realize this is not a case to be. Yeah, but he, 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 he promised he, when he was running for office, he promised that he was going to prosecute Trump. Uh, Rush. Joe, uh, look, I'm, I'm on this show to, to see if we can disagree with, with our fellow Republicans, but I am with Joe 100%. The Manhattan DA, federal prosecution, uh, they've been a complete disaster, a, a complete disgrace to law, and I'm not even a lawyer. How many times have they tried to get Trump? On a federal level, on a local level, they have failed. I mean, this is a man who, according to what we saw, has violated every tax code you can think of, right? But yet, they can't figure out a way to prosecute him. Uh, and, of course, then you have... Now with this Stormy Daniels, they try and prosecute him. They even they can't get that right. Every time they've tried to prosecute him, it seems that the media is doing a better job than lawyers. You know, Bruce, I, I agree with that. And, and, and Mr. Trump looks pretty scuzzy a lot of the time. Bill and Hillary Clinton look pretty scuzzy a lot of the time. But bringing actions, criminal lawsuits against them, it does not elevate discourse in our republic. It doesn't serve the larger constitutional interests of the American people. It doesn't protect our country in a very dangerous time when enemies like Mr. Putin in Moscow and Mr. Xi in Beijing are probing us for our, our strategic and cultural and civilizational weaknesses. Uh, what is more concerning to me than the follies of Donald Trump and the follies of Bill and Hillary Clinton or the follies of any of the other, other politicians are the follies of the law enforcement, intelligent, and prosecutorial communities. Jim Comey was a disaster for the American people. Whether, whether we're looking at Jim Comey as bringing down Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016 or Jim Comey lighting the gasoline of the completely phony uh, so, Russian, Russian collusion so let me, narrative related Joe, to Joe, let me Trump. ask you this question. Last night in, in Waco, Texas, Donald, Donald Trump rally, he said that the weaponization of our justice system is, quote, the central issue of our time, end of quote. Would you, would you put the weaponization, would you put it as high uh, on your list as Donald Trump has put it on his list? I'd put it in the top three or five, you bet. Because? Because in our constitutional system, part of what the rule of law means is that prosecutors, policemen, and intelligence agencies don't play politics. And we've had years here now since the Obama administration affecting negatively Mrs. Clinton, affecting negatively Donald Trump on our watch, on, you know, in recent memory. We've had the prosecutors, the intelligence agencies, and the law enforcement off agencies mucking around in politics trying to change outcomes, affect outcomes. That is a constitutional affront of, the major, of, major, of, of major consequences. And, yet, and as much as we dislike Hillary Clinton or as much as we dislike Donald Trump, we can't blame them. Okay, when we come back, uh, Rush, I want to get you a chance to respond to that also uh, out there in uh, Beyond the Beltway land, 1-800-723-8029, 1-800-723-8029, if you'd like to respond to that on the issue of the weaponization of the justice system. And do you believe uh, what uh, Joe has just said and what uh, Donald Trump said last night, that uh, the weaponization of the justice system is 
the central issue of our time. That's right. Bye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Dumont back, and before we continue with our political discussion, a sports update. The final four, it will be Florida Atlantic, UConn, San Diego in this afternoon, Miami beat Texas. So three of those four teams have never been to the final. 
Final Four uh, UConn has, but nobody else has. So uh, this has been one of the most disruptive uh, March Madness experiences. I mean, my uh, my brackets got screwed up all 15, 20 different ways, so I'll see whether I'm in any pool that still uh, is alive. But, you can hear uh, brackets crashing from coast to coast yes, right now. Yes, I mean, I mean it's, this has been, and I will also say, I, I am, I, I am, I'm a new uh, uh, I guess a newborn uh, college basketball fan. I've been a basketball fan for about 10 years now. And I got to tell you that the, the month of March in this period really is an exciting period. I mean, it, it, every wherever you go, everybody's talking about it. And uh, uh, if you've seen the games, I mean, uh, the nail biters, and it's unfortunate when we had a game this afternoon that I think ended on a, you know, by, by a referee's whistle as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, a play at the basket. But again, it, it's, it's a great time. We got a final four. We got another week, and again, uh, it's a week from Monday uh, is when we'll know the uh, the final winner. Uh, we've got two guests in studio. I want them to I want them to take a, a brief moment to introduce themselves to uh, each other and to our audience, and then I want to pick up on our conversation of uh, Donald Trump and the significance of uh, the alleged indictment that may or may not be uh, coming forward. Rush Darwish, we'll. Start with you. Go ahead. Well, thank you. Rush Star is president of the Arab American Business and Professional Association. Also, chairman for another group I should talk more about called the Refugee Life Foundation. We run and walk uh, to raise money for various refugee causes. Matter of fact, April 30th, uh, we have this event called the Humanity 5K, which will be taking place in Marine Valley Community College. And also, I own a photography, video, multimedia business, so we keep ourselves very busy, Joe. Joe Morris. Thank you, Bruce. Well, you've you, had a long, we could do a half hour just on your introduction, but give us about uh, a minute. Well, you have, you have some serious diversity in the, <laughs> uh, in the studio tonight because on the other side of the microphone here, you've got me, a Jew, a uh, Jewish American, uh, several years president of B'nai B'rith, the world's largest and oldest Jewish service organization here in the Midwest, um, and uh, very active in, in interfaith, including Muslim Jewish uh, dialogue processes. I'm delighted to see. Uh, rush here in the middle of Ramadan. Uh, uh, I practice law in Chicago. I, I'm a longtime Chicagoan. I actually was born across the lake in Gary, Indiana. Uh, so I know from basketball from a Hoosier perspective <laughs> as a kid. Um, I'm a Republican. I've been president of the United Republican Fund of Illinois. I've been a uh, member of the National Board of Directors of the American Conservative Union. Um, in the Years when Ronald Reagan was was president, I served in the entirety of his eight years in the administration, in a series of sub cabinet positions. I'm the poor man's Elliot Richardson. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, I was assistant attorney general to Ed Meese uh, in the last two years of his administration, and for about half a year to Richard Thornburg. Uh, the area of responsibilities I had at the Justice Department were primarily involving uh, international affairs, law enforcement, and civil matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of the precursor of what today is called the National Security Division. There was no National Security Division in those days. Okay. We go back to our discussion, and Rush, uh, before the break, you were going to make a, a couple of points about uh, our discussion about Donald Trump, uh, not only the charges against him, but again, uh, the rhetoric that he has used to create this aura of intimidation, if it's not real intimidation, it's certainly an aura of intimidation, um, and uh, what, what the impact that is on society. I think there's definitely an impact. I don't want to make it out to be that when we see the law being abused, and, and by, by the way, the law is abused on both sides of the aisle. It's not a Democrat or Republican issue. But the way we see Donald Trump use it, it is insightful. And what ends up happening is uh, he ends up developing what I call an audience. And sometimes part of that audience could be people of black and brown descent. 
And that's because he tries to bring both sides to say, well, look, look, look what the law is doing to me. Look how they're attacking. They're attacking me like the way they have attacked you. And, and really the question comes, does this mean that Donald Trump grows his voter base? Does it, does it grow the Make America Great Again movement? And, and my answer to that is no, not really, maybe just a little bit. Not enough to win an election, not enough to, to have a messaging. And, Joe, you work with a lot of candidates. Uh, I was saying before you came on, if I was playing fantasy Republican consultant, this is not a messaging point. If I'm running for the United States uh, presidency, I would not carry this any longer than it needs to be. Joe, a question to you. You're a Reagan Republican. You've evolved on Donald Trump. My recollection is you weren't a huge fan at the beginning. You were supportive of his presidency, much of it. Uh, you've not I'm, been. I'm, a, I'm supportive you, of. I'm supportive of many of his policy positions, right, and but I'm not, happy to praise some of the policy outcomes. But not. But but not a fan of what happened. A post presidency, not a big fan. Is that a summary? Well, that, that's that's fair. Um, Where are Reagan Republicans? The people aching, that, aching, aching. <laughs> what um, are they? What are they aching for? What do they want? A president or a party leader who is amiable, who, who has a very upbeat, optimistic vision of the goodness of this country, of its heritage, of its people, all of its people, who sees the, the, the direct organic connection between sound public policy and the nature of the American people, uh, who is reasonably upright in his personal conduct kind of you know circumspect no 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 surprises no drama obama kinds of things that was characteristic certainly of mr reagan what you saw was what you got he was as amiable in private life and as as centered and as stable in private life as he was as you saw as you saw him in public. is there someone out there right now that fits that definition there are lots of people out there such who, as who fit that definition mr pence mr <clears throat> desantis uh, Lots of people. So let me just say this. You think, Mr. Pence, with all due respect, Joe, you have Mr. Pence here who puts Christianity out of everything. And I have nothing against Christians. I love Christian people. But he brings an ideology that is so pro-Christian that there's no diversity. And that's what I see also when you look at a Donald Trump rally. Uh, I don't see diversity. What I see is a, a Christian movement, and I think Pence defines that you really think that he includes you open, everyone you got to open your eyes rush i i watched donald Pen i mean donald trump uh, I'm, I'm sorry mike pence uh when he was governor of indiana um he ran a highly inclusive uh, administration he was a very effective governor of indiana um i cannot quibble with with the fact that a man brings his christian values and principles to bear on his public and his private life we all you and i ought to bring our personal religious principles to inform our ethics. We want people in public life to be ethical and moral. What informs our ethics and our morals, if not the, our personal religious backgrounds? We're not going into public life, we're not going into government, we're not going into public office to proselytize, to convert people to our religious views. But, but if we're going into public life to live out the golden rule, and Muslims have a version of the golden rule, and Jews have a version of the golden rule, and Christians have a version of the golden rule, if, if we're striving as public people to bring the golden rule to bear on making law and making public policy, isn't that a good thing? I saw a vice president for four years, Joe, defend Donald Trump on every character issue, policy issue. And yes, if we want to talk about 
his governorship in Indiana, that's great. But what I saw were four years of somebody who was a hypocrite, somebody who was guarding a buffoon, and then all of a sudden the last two months of office because he did not swing the vote in Trump's way, then all of a sudden Trump dumped him. But when I look at Pence... Was that I, a profile I, I, in courage? I, on, on, January, on January 6th, was that a profile in courage by Vice President Pence, in your opinion? Well, what, what I see was... Who, who was that person? What I saw with Pence was that was somebody who said, look, this is out of control. It's ridiculous. He thought Donald Trump, for once, he finally decided to put his foot down. And guess what? He decided to do the right thing. I he, deci- to- he decided he wanted to do the right thing, and he, and he paid the price because Donald Trump destroyed him for it. Let me mention that in hour number two, we're going to be joined by Greg Ballard, the former mayor of Indianapolis, Indiana, a longtime associate of uh, the former vice president. I want to pick up on this discussion when he is part of that discussion, but I want to come back to uh, the description of uh, the ideal Reagan person. Are, are some of the things that um, Ron DeSantis has done and his style, his his sort of punitive style. Um, is that something that's too close to Trump? Or is that the only way he can stay close to Trump in polls? Neither. I mean, Donald Trump is not and should not be the measure of all things in our political life. I, I, we, we, need, we need more objective and independent yardsticks than that. Uh, people in politics uh, sometimes have to play hardball. Um, you use the tools that you have. You're talking about Mr. DeSantis, for example, I suspect... What's in your mind may, may be the way he handled the, the politicization of the Disney organization. Uh, you, you use the tools you have. Right. Um, uh, that's a far cry from the from the from the kind of uh, uh, sort of r- r- radical approach that I think you're ascribing to Donald Trump. And his the, his his backhanded slap at, at Trump when he responded to uh, Alvin Bragg recently last week uh, by bringing up that he didn't have any. I don't have any experience in dealing with porn stars and paying hush money to porn stars, but this prosecutor really did a bad job. I mean, was that, I mean, uh, more people talked about the slap than they talked about the attack on Elvin Bragg. Was is, that is, is, smart? Is, is any aspect of what is a, of alleged and laid at the feet of Donald Trump defensible in that case? Why would you get down in the mire and try to defend the, the conduct that's ascribed to Donald Trump? If, if you, take, you, take, you take the high road and you, you, you say, Mr. Trump, like anybody else accused of crime or wrongdoing, is entitled to the presumption of innocence. Yeah, but you don't have to mention what the crime was. No. I mean, that, that's, that's the political side. I mean, I, 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 I'm saying that, the, that his opposition, and certainly uh, part of the Trump opposition, became very offended by that. The Trump uh, team, by the way, is anyone, they have prohibited anyone who works for DeSantis or will work for DeSantis in the run-up to the primary, they will be persona non grata in a Trump administration if there is a second Trump administration. I'm Bruce Dumont. Back shortly. Don't go away. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. 
Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. We continue on Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. Let's head to phone calls. Let's head to Rio Linda, California. Eric is listening to us tonight. Go ahead, Eric. Nice to hear from California tonight. Hello, are you there, Brian from Albuquerque? Brian from Albuquerque. Hello, well, that's uh, that's not who I have, but you know, Brian from Albuquerque sounds your good to me. Your never picked up. <laughs> hey, well, very I, good. I then you're on screen. Go ahead. Uh, one of your guests was remarking that the Justice Department has never been this politicized and weaponized before, which is a falsehood. Anybody remember J. Edgar Hoover? All the shenanigans he pulled and the Palmer raids. And, and how about Richard Nixon? How about all the stuff that Nixon got away with? And uh, I think the biggest threat to America is the poor quality of our politicians in general. I mean, the Democratic Party is a mess. It, there's nobody no obvious choices to take on Trump 
I give Joe Biden an effort. He's an 80-year-old man, for Christ's sake. And he's doing the best he can. But these are serious times. And the Republican Party has gone off the deep end in crazy town with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Boebert and uh, Santos and all these other clowns that they have in Congress. It's just unbelievable. And then I, I watched the uh, Trump speech yesterday on YouTube through uh, Newsmax. Mm-hmm. Talk about, a, you know, 30 minutes of bootlicking. It was just incredible. I mean, Donald Trump's the greatest man that's ever lived. Did you know that? I mean, he's right up there next to Jesus. It's, it's incredible how great that man is. And it's just... Is there someone, the media, uh, Eric, I'm, I'm sorry, oh, Brian. Uh, uh, Brian, is there someone on the horizon that that does interest you? What about some of, what about Ron DeSantis? What about uh, uh, the former vice president? What about Nikki Haley? What about Mike Pompeo? Okay, Anybody else interest you? you? I got an Illinois name for you. Who? I like Tammy Duckworth. Tammy okay. Duckworth. I don't okay. think she's, she wants to run yet. She's very smart. She's very tough. She's a decorated military veteran. I think some, she's someone to keep your eye on. But so many of these other actors we have in Congress, it's just a clown show, and the media just eats it up because it's so easy. You don't spend any money. You just hire some dim one out of college and have them talk to stupid politicians all day, and then they put it on TV and make money. You know, it's just crazy how bad our media has gotten. I, you know, I, I and agree now with you that. Rupert Murdoch wanting to divorce himself from Trump. So that's going to Let's let Rush respond, Brian. Go well, ahead. Well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Brian, I do agree with you that right now there is not what I would call a standout candidate. I think Ron DeSantis, there's no doubt about it in terms of name ID. He seems to be the most interesting. The what about as a Democrat? Is, as a Democrat right now, we got to stick with Joe Biden. If Joe Biden is going to, if Joe Biden is our president, he needs to remain our president. Uh, I'm not exactly thrilled with all his policy decisions that he's made in the last two years, but from a political standpoint, stick with the guy that's in office. He's definitely way, and I mean way better than Donald Trump. And guess what? If it's going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump part two, I will put my fifty bucks in the bank account anytime on Joe Biden to win again. Joe Morris. A former, Would you take uh, that bet? A for, sure. A former Secretary <laughs> of Defense and under President Obama once observed that Joe, Joe Biden's been wrong on every important national security issue in half a century. That, that isn't changing. If, the, if Democrats don't um, go with Joe Biden for a second term, rather than going to Vice President Harris, I like the idea of going to Senator Duckworth. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that as, a, as a, uh, a judo act, uh, mm-hmm. that is to say, pick, picking a weak candidate. Right. I think... I think elevating somebody with the personality and, and the brain of Tammy Duckworth uh, to uh, national prominence would be a service that the Democratic Party could do to the American people. I think, I think it would be very interesting to hear Tammy, Tammy Duckworth at that level of, uh, of national engagement. Rush. I, uh, I, we're almost on the same page. I think, I think President Biden made a mistake with Kamala Harris. He did. He won't say it out loud, but he did. Tammy Duckworth was the right decision, and if he were as the plan was at one point that he would serve one year and then basically give the, the, the keys to the vice president. One year? One after term. his one term. One term. One term that he, would, that he would give the keys to the vice president, who was Kamala Harris. That was a mistake. I think Tammy Duckworth would have been the better choice. I, I want to go back to Brian's comments about the Justice Department. I, Jay, I, I'm not here to defend J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover was terribly flawed. Um, from the very beginning of his administration of the FBI, he goes all the way back to Woodrow Wilson. He was highly politicized on behalf of Woodrow Wilson, all the way through the Kennedys when he was the, 
the Kennedys' uh, agent spying on Martin Luther King, you know, and all that at Bobby Kennedy's under Bobby Kennedy's yep. orders, mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. He was highly politicized. He uh, he would he would go with, to Lyndon Johnson with uh, secret information that Johnson <laughs> could use, you know, to twist the arms of of politicians and so forth, affecting public policy. But he never inserted himself in trying to affect the outcomes of national elections. What happened in 2016 with the Russian collusion narrative and Comey's shots at Hillary Clinton? What, however, whatever was going on in his brain was, and and the involvement of the intelligence agencies in that game in 2016 and in 2020 uh, makes Richard Nixon almost look like a choir boy, and the whole Watergate <laughs> episode look like a, a little playground spat. What happened in 2016 was really serious. This is the first time we've had the intelligence and law enforcement agencies trying to affect the outcome of a presidential election. Rush, how do you That's feel serious about business. I, I, I agree. At the time when I was looking at uh, the FBI and Comey, I was like, this guy is a, a true circus, a true disaster. And then we uh, learned um, it wasn't um, just him. It was yeah. no. scores of these people. It was all yeah. – it, 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 what, 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 <laughs> the, the, the decision to work with, 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 with social media in, in squashing the story about Hunter Biden's Outrageous. Laptop. Outrageous. I mean, all, and, and all these leaders of the intelligence community signing a letter. So, I mean, they li- they lied through their teeth. And this is this is of a piece with Brian's concern about the of, about the media. The media are falling down on the job. They're not yep. serving the American people well. Right. Objectively pursuing truth, facts, laying the facts out instead of trying to shape our opinions. They're trying to tell us what our opinions ought to be instead of getting the facts out so that we can make up our own mind. Yeah, and again, when we're when you're trying to look in the facts, let's talk about what's happening uh, uh, with with Fox News, the the challenges of uh, Dominion voting machines and, and Fox News. What is that doing to 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 the ability to uh, to find the truth? That's the question. We'll get the answer in the second hour. Uh, to Joy and Eric, stand by on the phone. We've got more guests joining us in the next hour. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. 
Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry, we're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. If you talk to me, we'll hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, hey, you can do it if you try. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. We begin hour number two of our show, and uh, Rush Darwish continues with us. Joe Morris continues with us. They're in studio. Uh, they are a Democrat and Republican, and also joining us uh, for this portion of the discussion uh, is the former mayor of Indianapolis, Indiana, who's been with us, uh, Greg Ballard. Greg, nice to join us. Uh, have you join us from the great city of Indianapolis uh, tonight. Thanks, Bruce. It's good to be here once again. We have been ta- we have been talking about uh, the future of the Republican Party, the impact of Donald Trump, and uh, there was a sort of elongated conversation in our first hour uh, about Mike Pence. And uh, you have been on this program before. Uh, obviously, uh, you are an associate of the former governor of Indiana, and I'm wondering uh, if you would give us uh, your assessment of. Uh, where you think his presidential aspirations lie and how successful could he possibly be at this moment in history? Yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I haven't talked to him in, in quite a while. He's been obviously doing other things. But uh, I always thought he wanted to be the president. I always thought he was, uh, thought that way and thought he would be a good president. I, uh, as, as Will that become a reality? I'm not sure. I think he might have trouble appealing to independents and even any Democrats that might want to cross over because he's very ideological. He's very religious in in how he approaches even his political life. And I think that's I'm not sure that's going to play very well in a general election. Yeah. Uh, our guest in studio uh, certainly uh, brought up that particular point last time. And uh, although there may be some people out there, including in the media, that may want to give him an award for his profile and courage on January 6th, uh, you know, uh, they could probably easily give him an attaboy, but that doesn't mean they're going to give him a vote uh, for president of the United right. States. 
Uh, one of the big issues that uh, Republicans and Democrats are dealing with at the moment, and that is the future of TikTok and the influence of TikTok uh, on Americans, including uh, the 150 million or so, so, most of which are under 35. And I'm going to start this discussion with you, Greg. Uh, from afar, uh, is it a good idea? Are you worried about TikTok and its influence? Uh, and is it a national security uh, uh, concern, or is it a nuisance? I, I'm not sure what it is right now, because the only thing I'm concerned about is if there's some sort of data collecting that is finding its way into the Chinese Communist Party. If there's not, then I think we have to look at this thing differently. If there is, uh, if there's some proof to that, then I think uh, the actions that they're talking about, about uh, doing away with it, I think are legitimate. But if that is not occurring, if we cannot prove that, I think we need to be careful in, what, in uh, how we're doing, how we go forward. Joe Morris, how do you feel about it? I agree exactly with that. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the prism through, how we, through which we have to look at this. Uh, we know um, that uh, social media are sort of culturally devastating. They dumb us down. But that's freedom. We have to live with that. The opportunities to technology creates opportunities to improve ourselves and demean ourselves, and how we use it is up to us. But but Greg, but Greg is right. If if the if what uh, a, a tool such as TikTok is, like the Huawei uh, telephony technology, mm -hmm. if these are means by which the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese government can can reap tons of data about Americans, dive deep into the daily lives of Americans, and use that data against the interests of the American people and the national security of the United States, that's a completely different thing. And I think we have to have our eyes open to that because we know, we know that the Chinese are desperately trying to rape uh, this country of as much data as possible. The biggest, they, they, they have already stolen uh, the, the digitized records of the entire United States Civil Service and its retire, retirees, like millions of, of, of digital data records on, it, uh, on everybody in the executive, legislative, and judicial branches. Uh, go ahead. I disagree with the gentleman. I mean, we have uh, a country that I love, the United States, but America has a reputation of playing a big bully. If we're really going to address cybersecurity, there are thousands of apps out there, maybe not as big as TikTok, but all of them have the same agenda, and that is for you to download their app for free, and with that comes you giving up all of your data. It's just not TikTok. So if we are going to truly eliminate data breaching, if we're really going to do that, it can't be just TikTok. It's got to be Facebook, Google, and I can go on and on of all the tech companies, companies that are ripping off our data, and who knows where our data is going. It's going to China, it's going to Russia, and it's going all around. So... Uh, I think it's kind of hypocritical to single out TikTok when we have tons of apps that are doing the exact same thing. Greg Ballard, your response to that? Well, I, I only care if it's going to our potential enemies, uh, frankly. I, I, we've been data sharing since probably the beginning of Microsoft uh, Office Suite, I assume, in some, in some way. And companies have been doing that for quite a while. It doesn't seem... I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, no question about that, but I, I'm not sure I see a way around it when they're so ingrained into the uh, American society, particularly with the younger generation. But, you know, all, my generation is Facebook, right? and there's quite a bit of that going on, and I don't, I don't see any uh, – there may be an issue there, but certainly it hasn't manifested itself yet. But if we're uh, I'm only concerned if it gets into the hands of the, of the wrong people. If we're – 
we're, we're obviously concerned that we don't want this to get into the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. But again, we're also dealing with what happened in this past election, where the major social media companies, above and beyond TikTok, they used their power, their reach, to determine information that they deemed was inappropriate for the American people to have about Hunter Biden's laptop. They completely turned their back on one of the oldest newspapers in the United States and said, we are not going to allow you to tell your story written by reputable reporters, and we're not going to allow you to share that uh, on our platforms. And so they, they set a standard for manipulating what the American people knew, and the American people, many of them, did not know about the laptop, and because of that, they made a decision. And had they known about the laptop, had they, had they, had they known about the laptop, they might have made a different vote. Joe? Uh, so the question is, it seems to me, I think that it is a lot more about TikTok. We need, as a country, to have a big conversation about what we expect from our media, whether it's the old legacy print media like the New York Times and its editorial page, or it's the social media and the, and the editorial judgments that they make. They are guilty of censorship. They're guilty of trying to preach to us and change our minds instead of giving us information. But, you know, it's a free country, and they own those platforms, and they're entitled to, you know, spew their editorial views, you know, one way or the other, just like anybody else. What concerns me, and, and, and this is going back to a topic we discussed in the last hour, what concerns me is that there is plenty of evidence that they are in bed with law enforcement and intelligence agencies in shaping their editorial policies and in effectuating those censorship decisions. In some instances, it seems the evidence is very strong that they're doing it at the behest of law enforcement and intelligence agencies. And if that's happening, that's not First Amendment, that's not First Amendment act activity. That's, that's, that's criminal, and it's the weaponization of, of media in the service of these government cabals. We've got to pause, uh, Rush. I want to get your response, also Greg's response as well. 1-800-723-8029. Do you see a comparison between TikTok and the other social media companies and the government's ability to manipulate the message? One manipulator is the United States. The other is China. Is there a big difference to you? Back shortly. Bye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. This is the story of a very special woman. 
In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back, and we continue. Uh, Rush Darwish just in, said during the break that he does uh, a lot of work uh, uh, with TikTok because of his profession. So uh, tell us about your experience and your your concerns. And I guess the, the question that I asked before the break, I mean, if, if there's a government that is manipulating message that are sent to you, um, is the United States manipulating your Male, are you more concerned about that than the Chinese doing the same thing? You have to look at the big picture. And the United States is a conglomerate when it comes to media. All the major platforms, besides TikTok, even though you know they're, they they do have a base in the United States, but there comes a point where you have to draw the line, and we have to acknowledge that social media is just as big as broadcast television, and there is information being filtered nonstop, twenty four hours a day. So the question becomes, how do you take this on? How do you make sure that security doesn't get in the wrong people's hands, not just China, but it could be Russia and so on and so forth? And that comes back to cybersecurity. So instead of coming in and saying we're going to shut down TikTok, where there's hundreds of millions of users, including uh, my kids, my nieces, and a whole generation, if you are truly worried about certain data uh, breaching and going to China and other parts of the world, then yes, America needs to use its resources to try and combat that, which, by the way, is close to impossible. It's close to impossible. Does, is, it, is it important? I'll start with you, Greg, on this one. Uh, part of this story is the impact, and they, they have focused on social media, and they've focused on TikTok, but they've focused on all social media, really. 
in what I'm about to bring up, and that is the effect on young people, primarily young women, and it is causing uh, psychological damage, it's causing a rise in suicide, it's causing a lot of impact on the behavioral activity of young people. And is that, it's a, it's a, it's a medical alarm, a medical alert that has been sent out by the, by the psychiatric community. And uh, Greg, again, a question to you, we live in a free country, but I mean, do we, is this a price of freedom that we have to protect our children in a different way? I think we do have to protect our children in a, in a different way. And it is, it is, I don't know if it's the, you know, the price of freedom necessarily. I hate to put it in such absolute terms like that, but uh, I've been reading a lot of uh, the history of our country uh, all the way back to the founding. And it's, it's interesting how much the media was manipulated uh, at the very, from the very beginning. And I, so that continues to be done. I, I do think I am worried about the young younger generation, but I'm I'm, I'm more worried as opposed to the the psychological aspect of if you will. I, what I'm more worried about the younger generation is that they're being told that the world is horrible, it's going in the wrong direction, and all all of these things, and they're using social media as part of that, but other means too. I mean, actually, the, the facts. But who's, the, but who's the, telling the, them that, Greg? Who's telling them that? I would say that, yeah, that uh, exactly right of center commentators are saying that as much as left of center commentators so i think both sides are saying that and, and trying to divide us uh, in that regard but the facts say something completely different based on historical data as to which direction uh, the country and the world is going and so i that that concerns me and we use social media too much and i, I worry about our young people and how they're growing up and what they think the future of the world is joe morris i think there are two things that are relevant here one is we pay a very serious price when we diminish the authority of parents over their children. We've been doing a lot of that in this society in the last couple of decades. It's not recent. Um, parents have an important job to do to protect kids. They, they need to do more when kids are younger, but they need to continue at it you know, until kids are fully formed adults themselves. And protecting them, giving them, protecting them from the Internet, protecting them from predations, predators uh, on the internet and in social media of all kinds is, is something that prudent parents need to do. And if that means limiting access to, to various apps uh, at stages of life, then parents should be doing that. The other, the other thing that I think is an even greater concern to me uh, than um, uh, my concerns about the manipulation of our society by intelligence and law enforcement agencies in a non-transparent way trying to affect outcomes of elections, the weaponization is some some politicians put that of, of those tools of government is the culture-wide demeaning of the meaning of America in the world uh, the, the, the games that are being played with rewriting our history with recharacterizing the nature and purposes of the American experiment uh, this is a great country it has made a huge difference for good in the already in the 21st century certainly in the 20 20th and 19th and 18th centuries but there's a serious effort by serious people to deconstruct America. Uh, that's a dangerous and bad but that's thing. America, that's American scholarship, is it not? I mean, we can't, blame, part, we can't blame that on the Russians or I the did not Chinese. Say, oh, but they, they certainly take advantage of it. I did the, not, of course I, they'll take advantage I did, I did of not, it. I did not say that we, that we <clears> can blame it on them. Although there, there are ties, uh, there are certainly ties to the uh, Marxist strains of thinking that certainly clearly animate the Chinese Communist Party mm -hmm. and, and probably still resonate very powerfully in in the Russia of uh, Vladimir Putin, who, who, who laments 
that the collapse of the Soviet Union was the greatest uh, geopolitical disaster of history. Rush. While on social media, <clears throat> while on social media the last several days, uh, I was watching you know some of the congressional hearing, and never in my life have I seen a bunch of politicians, our elected officials, look so out of touch when it comes to talking about TikTok and social media. They're just simply out of touch. Uh, telling kids uh, or even adults of what to watch or what to listen to, you cannot control it. It's just the way it goes. You have cell phones and people are going to watch what they want to watch. Yes, it comes down to the parents. That is an absolute fact. But the idea, the idea that elected officials and President Biden are talking about wanting to close down uh, a, a platform that is ruled by a generation. It's like telling me in the early 80s that we're going to shut down MTV, and it's just not happening. We get it. You have your good, your bad, and your ugly. That is a fact. But it's not just on social media. It's also on the regular TV as Gina, well. Gina Raimondo, uh, the, the former governor in Rhode Island, now a, a cabinet secretary, uh, a Democrat, uh, she warned Democrats on Capitol Hill last week and reminded them that uh, of the 150 million people, Americans, who are on TikTok, many of them are under 35 years of age. And she said, basically, if the Democratic Party is going to be out there leading this charge, they, they may throw away votes of anybody under 30 for decades. So a, a question comes up. Your, first of all, your reaction to does everybody's reaction to that? The, the, because there's there's a political bipartisanship here, uh, but again, even when there's a bipartisanship bill that moves forward, one of the parties is going to try to take advantage of it. And I want to get your reaction, and then Greg and and Joe's response. So just earlier this week, I was at Stag High School talking to about seventy kids about being civically engaged, running for office, and the most talked about or most asked question was about TikTok. And oh, these yeah. are kids that are 16-year-olds, 17. They're a couple years from voting. These are kids who, truth be told, they didn't care about politics. They can care less about politics, but guess what? Now they care. So whoever's against TikTok, watch out. There's some voters coming in the next two years that are not going to be voting for that person. Greg Ballard. Are your grandchildren... Uh, <laughs> How are they going to react if you come out against TikTok? <laughs> it's a, you know, that's a, that's a great statement. Uh, you never know what elected officials will go to great lengths to make sure they get votes and, and uh, stay there. But it's also true what was said earlier about the elected officials are so far behind. I mean, they're just behind society, and I think they generally have been for uh, routinely, and they just don't understand it. And it's kind of funny to see them ask questions and, and really kind of, Kind of raise ignorant issues, if you will, and not being on top of things. But I, I uh, again, I think it depends on what we find out TikTok is really doing. Uh, I, I'm not sure I want to do away with it. Uh, when I, when, you know, a little bit, I, I'm not, I don't have the app. I mean, I have a lot of the other apps, but I see a TikTok video occasionally, and it doesn't seems harmless to me. But I don't know where all the data is going. That's the only thing that concerns me. Where's all the data going, and what are they being used for? I think there are. Other issues that are a little bit more problematic on um, social media and video and YouTube and things like that, potentially with like AI and, and uh, people making videos that are not true. I mean, that technology right. exists today. And so I, I'm, I'm worried about that 
probably more than TikTok. Right. Well, but again, they will need their distribution channel, and, and TikTok could be sure. 150 million. But again, uh, yep. what right. about the what about the political aspect of this, Joe? That 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 in this particular case, neither party, although many of them seem to be together on this issue, uh, you know. Congressman Crenshaw of Texas said basically uh, he congratulated TikTok for bringing Republicans and Democrats together. But uh, if, if you go ahead with this, I mean, d- does the Democratic Party or does the Republican Party lose everybody under 35 years of age because they're the they're the big bad government that takes their TikTok away or maybe something else? Bruce, it's it's always legitimate for people to think about what the political consequences of government decision-making may be. But that shouldn't be the first concern. The first concern ought to be what's good for the country. Um, My attitude on the substance of this is it's a free country. The presumptions ought to be in favor of freedom. You ought to err on the side of of letting people be free and and make mistakes and do stupid things, which people will do in in, in a free society. That's the price of freedom, and I'm all for it. Um, but when you're, when you're, when you're res- a responsible government official in charge of making laws and making public policy, you have to get the facts. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I, I'm not impressed with how our current crop of leaders are doing the job of being transparent <coughs> and gathering facts. They're showboaters. When we, when, when we come back, I'm gonna, we, we, we did this last week, and we're going to try it again this week. We're going to make all of our guests, we're going to pretend that they're all United States senators... And they're now going to have to vote on TikTok. And I want to hear a little bit of their opening statements before they cast their vote. I'm Bruce Dumont, 1-800-723-8289. Back shortly. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. 
For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce DeMont, back to the fans of Larry Horst. We will not be able to have Larry with us this evening. We ran into a technical issue. Speaking of technical issues, maybe this has been shut down by TikTok. Who knows? <laughs> We'll find out. But Larry will be back with us at some point in the future, but uh, uh, he is not going to be able to be with us this evening. He's a, a Florida conservative commentator. We want to talk to a little bit uh, with him about uh, Ron DeSantis, but I think the Ron DeSantis story will be uh, with us for a little bit longer. In fact, we'll talk about a little bit about it this evening. Um, last week on this program, we did a segment where we pretended all of our guests were United States senators uh, who were about to make important votes and so we're going to begin tonight on the issue of uh, TikTok. I think Joe made a very important point prior to uh, the commercial break, and that is the responsibility of government to explain to the American people uh, the importance of issues before the Congress of the United States. And if indeed we can demonstrate to the American people that um, the continuation of TikTok and all the, 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 the trials and tribulations that that will mean, if we can demonstrate to them that this is against our national security interest, would we rally around the flag? Would the young people, the 150 million people who love TikTok, would they turn TikTok aside and rally around the flag? Uh, and uh, that's the, that is the question, that is the atmosphere upon which I asked the question to the senior senator of, from Indiana, Greg Ballard. <laughs> senator Ballard, how are you going to vote on whether or not we should ban TikTok, not just in government entities and on government phones, but whether or not we should ban TikTok in American society? The floor. As a senator, I, as a senator, I would want to make sure uh, that our national security is at the forefront, and I need to make. But I, as a liberty-loving individual, I want to make sure that uh, there is true harm being done. If we can assure the American public that uh, the information being gathered stays where it should be staying, and again, government should be able to uh, 
look at that. I always think government should be the referee in all of this. If we can assure that, then I think TikTok is just fine. If we cannot assure that, if we, we have suspicions that it is getting the, the information about the American people, about the American system of government, uh, some of our secrets, if those are moving on to other places, then I think uh, I think we need to ban it. And, and I think the end people will be there with us. Senator, there's another piece of legislation here that wants to force TikTok to sell to some other more reputable entity, a forced sale of a commercial property. Would you support that? Uh, not at not at the current time. I don't think there's been enough evidence that the, the current owners are are, uh, are not doing the right things. We turn to Senator Rush Darwish from the state of Illinois, who has replaced Tammy Duckworth, who has gone on to become president of the United States, <laughs> based on his launching of his of her career this evening. Um, Senator uh, Darwish, uh, would you vote for the banning of? TikTok in the United States. Well, thank you, and thank you, my fellow Americans. I am here to say that I will never vote against TikTok because when you vote against TikTok, you vote against freedom. This is why, as your senator, I propose a bill called Cyber Firewall America. It is long, but that's exactly what we need to do. Instead of us trying to ban platforms with 150 million users, let's come up with a solution that protects us making sure we have a firewall that ensures that we could use artificial intelligence to detect when information is getting in the wrong hands. This is where our society is going to. You cannot stop the power of social media. You cannot stop the power of people going on different platforms. But what we can stop is making sure that we have the right cybersecurity and it does not go in the wrong hands of the wrong people. Senator, Senator Darwish, my question, your point of order to me, uh, what about your con what about your personal conflict of interest? Don't you have a personal conflict of interest on this vote? Well, I have personal experience, not a personal conflict. That as somebody who uses the platforms, I understand that it is important that a lot of people right here, we all have cell phones, and with the phones come cameras, and with that means that we want to create content. We want to tell our story. That is right. Whether you want to tell your story about something you stand for or you want to show everyone a recipe you want to make. However, you need to make sure that you have a platform to tell your story. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram are those platforms. We have to make those platforms safer, but we cannot eliminate them. In our imaginary conversation, we turn to the junior conservative Republican senator from Illinois, which is pretty much unheard of in the last 30 years, uh, Joe Morris. Joe Morris, uh, Senator Morris, would you please address the American people as to whether or not you're going to vote for the banning of TikTok. Well, you talk about 30 million, 30 billion or 30 trillion social media bytes, and pretty soon you're talking real numbers. I'm channeling the last conservative yes. Republican uh, senator from Illinois, Ev Dirksen. Um, I think there's a, a fair amount of cross-aisle agreement here in the Illinois delegation. Uh, TikTok, Google... Facebook, Instagram, do a lot of good, and they do a lot of harm. And that's what happens in a free country. I would like to see as much information in the hands of the consumers and the users and the parents and the other interested parties about who gets the, the data and what they do with it and about the harm that's done to girls and body image and the dumbing down of, of, of people generally and 
the coarsening of conversation and so forth. But all of that can be solved by simply getting information out there so free people can decide what they want to do. What concerns me is if behind TikTok or any other application is an enemy government, the military power of the People's Republic of China, that is mining these resources to gain information to use to do violence against us, to do harm to our interests in the world at home and abroad. That's what I want to stop. So I agree with the idea of cyber wall protections. And if it turns out that the ownership interest lurking, looming behind TikTok is the Communist Party of China, well, then, yes, I, I, would, I would suggest forcing a divest. Keep, t- t- keep TikTok alive, but get the Chinese communists out of the business. And how do we do that, Senator? We do it by law. We, we, we prohibit the Chinese communists from owning an American property. We've done that with other foreign governmental entities. There's no reason why the Chinese military needs to own American resources. Let's turn to a constituent. She is Joy. She is from Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Joy. You're on the air. Um, well, I was just going to talk about justice, but then um, so many other topics have come up. Go ahead. So, um, well, one of the things um, on the justice, I was just wondering what people's opinions are of how to have the most objective and fair justice system. I agree with Brian, the earlier caller, that this has been a problem for years and years of how intelligence was used and and against different groups and stuff. Um, when uh, presidents appoint judges and Supreme Court justices, there's going to be a bias when they are up for election, and people say the Koch brothers or George Soros are influencing it. Um, um, career employees are taught, call them the, the deep state. So how would the people on the panel develop a justice and police and enforcement system, a legal system that is as fair as possible? Rush Darwish. Joy, I agree with everything you're saying. It is really difficult, but uh, it really comes down to we need voters to go out and vote. It's that simple. Uh, Too many people stay home. Too many people complain. Uh, And I'm not saying that's you, Joy, but a lot of folks out there watch TV, go on social media, uh, see these political candidates, and they just stay at home and, and, and would rather complain. We need to pay attention to the good ones versus the bad ones. And if we can get more voters out there who are paying attention, and I know some people call it the woke society, that's fine. Call it what you want to call it, but we need more voters out there to be more aware of who you're voting for. Joe Morris. We need to get the intelligence agencies and the law enforcement agencies out of politics. There needs to be a a, a sharp divide. If that means heads must roll, uh, we need to realign the agencies. I'm all all for that. But we also need to change our vocabulary. Uh, Politicians, lawyers, uh, commentators, reporters, and so forth. The courts are not political bodies. They are not super legislators, legislatures. We should not be talking about the, the politics of judicial decisions the way we do. That, 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 that alone corrupts the way in which the American people understand the, the jobs of courts and the judiciary, and, and that is the fault of the chattering classes. We have, we have, we have cheapened the currency of the greatest, the greatest asset we have, which is our constitutional common law system. Rush. Joe, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked about intelligence agency. What about all this dark money packs? I mean, Joe, he's talking about 
corruption? What about dark money packs that come into politics and are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to create a narrative, whether Democrat or Republican? Shouldn't we eliminate them? I don't see that. I mean, that's that's freedom, isn't it? You 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 you, you get to talk. You get to you get to if 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 we if we have all voices out there. I believe in the in the in the free market of ideas. I, I believe that the answer to speech you, with which you disagree is not suppression or censorship. It's more speech. But they're the ones that are going on social media, as you know, and are filtering a lot of not just negative information, in many cases, false information. And again, both sides of the aisle. The, the, the problem. The problem is not money. It's, it's, it's the content of what you're saying. That's historical, Greg. Greg. That's a that's a that's historical, and yet we've survived it all. And so I, I, um, I can't, I can't agree more with Joe that uh, we are we are talking down our institutions uh, when our institutions, compared to historical standards in other countries around the world, are pretty pretty strong. And uh, you can say they're political, but I, I, I can't agree more that we need to let the justices be the justices okay. and the judges and see it as they see it. Greg, we got to pause. Back shortly. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hergaris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. 
So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. We continue with Beyond the Beltway, and uh, Greg Ballard, back to you, the former mayor of Indianapolis, Indiana. We mentioned that uh, you were a longtime associate of Mike Pence, but as you look at the presidential field and the primary that will take place in Indiana, uh, how would you assess the field now? And above and beyond Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, is there anyone else that you think is a serious uh, possibility for 2024? That's a that's a great question, and people all people are always talking about the Santos being the front runner, and now they're talking about Trump has moved forward. Uh, so, but I, historically, people do not two years out do not the front runner two years out does not win the nomination. I, I can't recall an instance where that has been true. So I'm not sure that either one uh, of those folks are going to be the nominee. Things change as you go forward. Uh, who? I mean, I, it look, it's interesting who's getting in there. I kind of wish Larry Hogan of Maryland was getting into it, but he's not going to. Uh, I have reservations about all of them because of their inability to tell to say what January 6th really was uh, and, and, all, and uh, ties to, all, to some of those people. But uh, some of them appeal to me. I'm a moderate. I'm a practical uh, person, and I want people to actually get things done. And I, I'm not sure I'm seeing too much of that right now. Asa Hutchinson, the former governor of Arkansas, is about to throw his hat into the ring in the next uh, 30 days. Uh, he has been described as uh, the darkest of dark horses. Uh, would you agree with that? Yes, I, I would. I, I think uh, others, are, I mean, I think Nikki Haley has potential, uh, frankly, but will, will people go for her? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think anybody that comes across as a, as a, a, a practical a person who understands the history of the United States and has wisdom and, and ha can provide a vision for where we want to go and where we should go, uh, and I think that's an important point, too, where we should go, then I think they're, they're going to catch some fire. If you had a group of uh, Democratic women together, they would all be talking about the importance of having a Democratic woman, and uh, Kamala Harris would be great, even though they may not think she's the best political person, but they think uh, that because she is uh, a woman, that gender should lead. Um, if there was a similar group of Republican women that got together, I don't think many of them would be talking about the importance of having a woman as the presidential candidate. They may like the idea, but I don't think it's the same thing for Nikki Haley. Do you, do you agree with that? That Republican do, women are different? That. I do. I do think that, and I, I don't think they necessarily go to anybody just because she's a woman. I, I just don't. I just don't see that among Republican women. What about Tim Scott? Again, uh, African American senator from uh, South Carolina. He too is thinking about running. I don't know what lane he would be in, but uh, how serious a candidate do you think that uh, he would be? I think he'd be a serious candidate, and I think he'd. he'd uh, I think people would listen to him because he's, he has a lot of good ideas. I, 
Uh, I'm a big, <laughs> this is just my prejudice. I like people who have been in executive positions. I like, I like people who have been mayors and governors because mm -hmm. they, you know, that's a different animal than, than right. being a legislator. And, and so I, that, that part is important to me. Is there anyone else out that I have not mentioned that you think should uh, be considered? Uh, well, <laughs> I can go with my old standby, which is always Mitch Daniels. <laughs> I <laughs> think it should have been the president, should have been the president of the United States way back when, because brilliant guy, very practical, but, uh, of uh, the other people that are considering it, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Joe Morris, does Nikki Haley uh, float your boat in any way? Oh, sure. I think she's very bright and very articulate. She did a fabulous job as um, governor of South Carolina and a very good job at the United Nations. I agree with uh, the mayor that um, it's nice to see people who've been governors and mayors, that Governor Noam of South Dakota, is it? Uh, 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 Christy Noam. Christy Noam, yeah. She's, a, she's, a, she's certainly somebody yeah. one ought to look at. Um, I, speaking of Republican women, I live with one. Uh, this morning, my... Is my, she running? My, no, she, no, no, and like Mitch Daniels' wife, she won't let me run either. Yeah, our wives are always running for something. They're, they're, always, they're running for president of the household, and they there, win. There was one of our metropolitan newspapers here in Chicago this morning had a piece about women in, in politics uh, from the point of view of supposed neutrals, uh, but it was stunning that it was on, discussing only Democratic women. Yeah, and and as if uh, you're not really a woman if you're a Republican, and uh, you know my, my wife, was, my wife made the point that this, the remarkable thing about somebody like Nikki Haley or Governor Noam and so forth is is that they arrive at prominent positions in politics not because they have been chosen by a husband in the case of right. Clinton or a, a, as a running mate as in the case of, of Kamala Harris, but because they've they've gotten in the arena and fought. And, and, and my wife made the very interesting proposition. Look at our, the mother country. Look at the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom has had three female prime ministers, Margaret Thatcher, Theresa May, and, and Liz Truss. Every one of them was a conservative. The Labor Party has never been led by a woman, the Socialist Party, the counterpart of the Democratic Party in the United mm -hmm. States, never, never, never supplied a female uh, prime minister. If a woman climbs to, to the presidency of the United States, it's probably she's probably going to be a conservative Republican woman because because woman because she is not mm -hmm. she's not claimed the position by virtue of her gender she's fought for it by virtue of her policies and her achievements. quick response uh, Rush. I will say I want to go back to what Greg said I mean he hit it on the money when it comes to you know who you interested in who has a chance to win it is way too early in 2006 if somebody said five years after 9/11 that a Barack Hussein Obama was going to be the president, I would laugh him out the building. If somebody in 2014 told me that some guy who hosts The Apprentice, Donald Trump, was going to be the president, I would laugh him out the building. It is just way too early, but you know what? It's it's great to talk about it. On that point, uh, Rush Darwish, thank you very much. Joe Morris, thank you very much. Uh, Greg Ballard, thank you very much for joining us live from Indianapolis, Indiana this evening. I'm Bruce Dumont. I want to thank uh, our good friend who's been here uh, year in, year out, Fritz Goldman, who keeps the uh, the trains running on time, the phones humming from time to time. And uh, to our friend uh, Larry Horst, we will uh, be uh, sharing uh, the microphones with you sometime in the weeks to come. We'll be talking more about uh, Ron DeSantis. I guess what, one Republican years ago probably would say, Donald Trump and DeSantis, that's the team. I don't think that's going to be a team anymore. I think that's an idea who's come and gone. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago.
Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Jill, why didn't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Whoa. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.